A summary of the Sikha. In Parsha Lechlacha, we find a number of times that Hashem promises Avram that he will give him as his role. The beginning of the Seder says, Hashem said, I will, to your children, I will give this land. Then later it says, This whole land that you see, I will give it to you and to your children. Arise and go walk the land to the length and the, and the width because I will give it to you. Then, by the bris ben absarim, by the covenant between the pieces, as it's called, it says, On that day, Hashem made a covenant with Avram and he said to your children, I have given this land, and he gives the borders from, it's from the river of Mitzrayim to the great river of the Euphrates and then goes through the ten uh, nations that live there, the land that belonging to these ten nations. In general, the first two of these promises, Hashem says, I will give it to you, to them, in the future tense. And then, at, by the Brisbane of Sodom, it says to your children, I have given it, as in the past tense. And when it says that in, in the past tense, it comes after Hashem had told Avram to walk the land from the length and the width and it came in response to Avram saying by what do I know how do I know that you're going to that I will inherit it the Raghachavagun makes uh, points out the difference between that sometimes in the first two times it says I will give it to you and using the language of a gift giving a gift and the third time it says it as an inheritance and Avram also said how do I know that I will inherit it and Hashem said I will give it to you as an inheritance. And that these two different terms relate to the first time that the Yidin conquered Israel under Yeshua and the second time that the Yidin conquered Israel, not conquered or took over, came back to Israel with Ezra after the, uh, after the Golos and Bavel, that the first conquering of Israel with Yeshua was considered a gift and then when they came back with uh, with Ezra the second time then it was an inheritance in other words that the first conquering of Eretz Yisrael was alluded to in the past tense uh, in, the, in the future tense I will give it to you and the second time that they took of Eretz Yisrael is alluded to by the words inheritance rather than giving than a gift and that it's in the past tense as well so we have to understand what all of these things mean so to understand this, we have to understand what the Rambam says about the difference between the first time that the Yidin came to Israel through Yeshua, which is called the conquering of the land through, with Yeshua, and the second time they came, which was together with Ezra, after the Golas Babel, after the exile in Babel, and they came and they re-inhabited Israel. So the Rambam says as follows. <coughs> the first sanctification of Yisrael with Yeshua was because it was a conquering of the land but then once the, the Goyim reconquered it the Babylonians came and conquered it away from the Yidden so the original conquering of the Yidden was neutralized it no longer belongs to, to the Yidden at least in this context and therefore it's exempt from having to give Meiser those laws which are associated with Yisrael like uh, the Shemitah year and so on because it's no longer Eretz Yisrael and so when Ezra came so, and he sanctified it he didn't do it by conquering the land but rather through Chazaka 
taking hold, resettling the land, and therefore wherever they settled, wherever they took possession again, the, the people that came from Bavel, and it became sanctified through this second Kedusha, through Ezra, that is eternally holy. It be- remains holy today. And even though the land was retaken by the Goyim, by the, the Romans, it still remains at Yisrael, and it has the obligation for Meiser, it has the obligation for Shemitah. In other words, it makes a distinction between the first time when Yeshua conquered the land, once it was taken away by the Goyim, by the Babylonians, it no longer has the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. The second time when Ezra came, because it was not through conquering, but through Chazaka, by establishing ownership, and we'll explain all these terms later, it's, not, it's an eternal, uh, it has an eternal holiness. So we have to understand this. The, the Kesav Mishnah asks the question, two questions. I don't understand, he says, how is Chazaka taking hold of it greater than conquering it? Why shouldn't we say that once, the, even by Chazaka, that once they came and took it away from us, it's no longer holy? What's the difference between conquering and Chazaka in this matter? Another question he asks, when they conquered it through, when they took it through conquering in the time of Yeshua, did they not take ownership of it? People built their homes there. They took ownership of it as well. So how is taking Chazaka without conquering it greater than taking Chazaka after having conquered it? That's what he asks about the Rambam, how the Rambam classifies this. So the Rebbe gives a number, quotes a number of answers from different commentaries, but rejects them all as being incomplete, let's call it, and then goes on to give his own explanation. Because this is a summary, if somebody wants to see those other explanations, they'll have to look at the full or listen to the full version of the Sikha. So the explanation is this. The Rebbe divides, when, when the Yidin received Eretz Yisrael, there are two issues at hand. One issue is, who owns Eretz Yisrael? Simply owning the real estate of Eretz Yisrael. And then there is a matter of conferring holiness upon the land of Israel, which needs to be done. That's something that has to happen. It doesn't just happen on its own. So the first matter of who owns Eretz Yisrael, this is something that Hashem gave to Avram Avinu, and it already happened, and it belongs to Eretz Yisrael, to the Yidden, as the Yerushalmi, the Talmud Yerushalmi learns from the Pasuk in our Pasha, to your children I have given, which means it's a matter of the past. It's already something that I have given to the Jews. It already belongs to them from the time of Avram Avinu. In fact, it ever notes an interesting thing that there's even a halachic matter. It has halachic ramifications, understanding that it's owned by the Jewish people since Avram, because the daughters of Tzlovchad that wanted to inherit their father's share in Yisrael, which he inherited from his father, and the Gemara says that he was a firstborn of a chayr, which takes a double portion, so they, want, they wanted the double portion that their father was entitled to. The question is, uh, uh, the firstborn only inherits a double portion of those assets which are in the possession of the father at the time of his death not something that will come later for that he doesn't get a double portion so the question is the Jews only went into Israel and conquered the land much later than Tzlovchad inherited from his father so why, should, why are they entitled to a double portion the answer is because it's already, it already belongs to the Jews. They are, the Jews already have a chazaka on it. They already 
owned the land and therefore when Tlofchad inherited from his father the rights to that land it was something that he already owned and not something that will come later then there is the second matter of taking as Israel, which is conferring holiness on that and that happened when the Yidin marched into Eretz Yisrael, when the Yidin come to Eretz Yisrael. So when the first time the Yidin, the Yidin came to Eretz Yisrael, Hashem instructed them that the way that they should take over Eretz Yisrael was through conquering it. They should march in as an army, and they should, he calls them soldiers and armed people, and that, that, that's how they're going to conquer the, the land of Israel. So that's how they conferred holiness upon the land of Israel by taking it over in the form of conquering it through um, a war. Which explains the question of the... uh, Where is the second time? Let's first explain that. Where is the second time when they came through Ezra? There was no need. Hashem did not instruct them to conduct a war. They moved back in, they just arrived back, and they resettled into Yisrael, the Chazaka, what the Ramam calls Chazaka. And that's how they conferred holiness once again upon the land of Israel. Which gives the answer to the uh, Kesef Mishnah's question why is coming through Chazaka better than coming through conquering? Because that's how Hashem instructed it to happen. He instructed it to happen through kibush, through conquering the first time, and the second time did not instruct that. So it's by taking possession of it, that's what conferred the holiness on it. And that's the issue with question. How do you confer holiness on it? The first one, they came with kibush, with conquering. Then when the conquering was over, because they no longer were able to exert force on the uh, their ownership through force which was how Hashem instructed them to take it so therefore they lost control of it and therefore it no longer had the holiness the second time where it wasn't about force it was about simply being there so once they took it when you have a chazaka when you own something you own it eternally and therefore the Jews own it in the holiness that it has not that the ownership came before but the ownership of the holiness upon the land of Israel uh, lasts eternally. And that answers a question that the Rebbe that was posed. The Rebbe asked, there was also a case of, even in the first conquering by, through Yeshua, there was a nation of the Givainim that willingly handed over the land to Yeshua without any war. There was no need for a war. So there, there wasn't even conquering. It was just simply Chazaka, they were given the land. So why there does the Rambam not agree that that should be holy eternally? The answer is because then Hashem instructed the holiness to be conferred through conquering. So even though the the Giv'oinim gave it willingly, that's not how you confer holiness. The way that it was conferred was when the Yidin conquered Israel. In fact, they didn't have to go to every corner of the land to conquer it and then that area became holy. When they conquered Yericha, which was the very first city that they conquered, and Yericha was considered to be the lock of Eretz Yisrael, in other words, if you conquer Yericha, the rest of the country is going to fall. That's why members of all the seven nations gathered in Yericha to protect it, because they knew that if the Jews conquer Yericha, that's the end of the whole thing. So when the Yidin did in fact conquer Yericha, the whole country became sanctified through that conquering which meant that the whole land uh, land was conquered and even though the Givainim gave it up willingly they still 
um, conferred holiness through conquering and therefore even in the places where the Givainim con- uh, gave it up it, oh, it was only based on the conquering of the land that holiness was conferred and therefore when the Goyim reconquered it it was no longer considered holy and that explains also why the first way that they conquered it they lost control of it eventually it became it lost its holiness whereas the second time it didn't because the meaning of conquering is that you take something from someone against their will so when the Yidna had the ability to take it from the Goyim and that's how Hashem instructed them to take it by war against their will so when they could exert their power to take it it was theirs and the, and the country became uh, remained holy but when the other nation came and took it away from the Yidin, they lost their ability to exert their control over it, therefore they lost, it lost the holiness as well. Whereas the second time where Hashem's instruction was, I will remember you, to bring you back to this place, didn't talk about conquering, it was just to resettle. So when they came and they, uh, and they took it back, as a chazaka, which means they once again came as if they are the owners of the land because they were the owners of the land and that's what conferred the holiness on it so that's something that it was just returned to them as the original owners of it and therefore that's never get, that get, never gets lost Chazaka, when you own something when somebody gives you something or when you buy something it remains yours it's not something that you took away from someone and only as long as you can exert control is it yours it remains the Jewish and Jewish ownership even in the spiritual sense forever and therefore the Kedusha remains forever this explanation also ties into the, our understanding of the difference between the Kedusha Rishayna and the Kedusha Shniya as it seemed from Pnimi from the Hasidic view of these matters the first time that the Yidin came to Israel, they were considered like Tzadikim the second time they came was after they had been banished because of their sins so they were now as Balichuva. the difference between a tzaddik and a Balchuva is that a tzaddik his, the, way he, the way he functions the way a tzaddikim function and bring holiness into the world is by bringing down holiness from above and imposing it onto the, onto the elements of below they superimpose holiness into the world but not that the world rises up and they don't refine the world into a place where it can accept holiness they do it from top down that is a system in which that could have that can be interrupted because since the, the lower element never became a receptacle to the holiness if something gets in the way it loses its holiness Whereas about Shuva, who has already tangled with the world, and the way that he operates and functions is that he refines the world below into a keli, into a receptacle for holiness, and therefore, even though it may not be as high a level of holiness as the tzaddik can bring down, but it is a lasting uh, merging of the holiness with the lower elements because it works with their world with the lower elements world and because of that it has lasting it, it lasts forever it lasts much longer because it does have the, it has acclimatized itself to the holiness and therefore there is no it's not two separate worlds 
which are forced together. That's similar to when Yeshua came and they were working in the, in the method of tzaddikim. They conquered the land. They superimposed themselves onto the land. Not that they brought up the inhabitants. They made the land into a receptacle for Kedusha. And therefore, that could be interrupted when, uh, when the Goyim came along and they removed the Yidin forcefully so that the connection was lost. Whereas the second time when they came after they had already sinned and they were functioning as a Balchuvah, which means that they came to the land and they refined the land from below and therefore brought holiness into it, that's something which has staying power and that Kedusha lasts forever. So this now explains also the connection of what we said before that the the um, the, the Ragachava points out that in the f- the first promises which are connected to the first time they came to Yisrael, it's called a matana, a gift. Lazarcha et nena, I will give it. And the second time it's called Yerusha, with the ones that relate to the second time the Yidin came to Yisrael, it's called an inheritance. The difference between a gift and an inheritance is that a gift has halachically can also be interrupted. For instance, if somebody says, I'm giving you a gift of this house, which will be yours for the next, until you die. When you die, it should not go to your heirs, it should go to so-and-so. One can do that. A gift can have interruption. You can give a gift for a certain period or a certain, to a certain person, and after that it goes somewhere else. Yerusha, when somebody inherits something from his father, the father can say, you will inherit the house to his son, you will inherit the house, and then after you die, it shouldn't go to your sons, it should go to somebody else. You can't say that. Yerusha, inheritance is forever, eternal. And that's why the, earl, the first kibush through Yeshua is called a gift. It did have, in the end, an, an interruption. The second one, which is the eternal coming to Israel and taking, giving holiness to Israel, that is called a Yerusha because it never stops, it goes on forever, the holiness remains forever. As mentioned before, that this whole difference that we're discussing now only is in regards to the holiness of Israel. There's a difference between a gift and, a, and an inheritance. But in regards to the ownership of Eretz Yisrael, that is already a fact that Hashem put in place in the time of Avraham Avinu. And it already belongs to the Jewish people from then. And that there is no difference between where, if the Jews live in Eretz Yisrael, or they don't live in Eretz Yisrael, if they already committed sins or they didn't commit sins. The land of Israel belongs to the Jewish people eternally. And therefore nobody has the right and the authority to be able to make deals with land of Eretz Yisrael, to give it to this one or to give it to that one, there is no giving it away. It belongs to the Jewish people as a whole and to each individual Jew independently. And therefore nobody has the right to give it away. When the Yidin will come with that approach, that this is the land that Hashem gifted to the Jewish people and gave us an inheritance to the Jewish people, and we have no right to give it up, then they will be successful in holding on to Eretz Yisrael and, to be able, and that the Goyim will also agree and they will become supporters of Eretz Yisrael and they will support the Jews in their performance of Torah Mitzvahs until the time comes when Mashiach will come and then all nations will recognize Hashem and everybody will serve Hashem and this should happen Bimheir Amenu.